You're listening to the GamesIndustry.biz podcast. I'm James Bachelor and I'm joined today by Matt Handrahan, Brendan Sinclair, Hayden Taylor, Rebecca Valentine, and Marie D'Alessandri. We're bringing you a special edition of the podcast this week. Uh, we're focusing on advice for remote working. Now, given the global situation with uh, coronavirus, COVID 19, a lot of companies around the world are now finding themselves working from home in situations they don't usually work. We are a remote team. We're an entirely remote team. We have been for years, in fact, since the beginning of, of Games Industry of Biz. I imagine, Matt, that's probably a question for you. Yeah, well, it's always been... Well, no, it's, it's been more or less remote. I mean, we've had periods where there's been more or greater or fewer number of employees all based in a similar location. But I think the, mo- the maximum we've ever had in one place at one time has been two. Uh, I worked out yeah. of the office in Brighton for about a year at the same time as one other person on the team. But it's always been, I mean, Brendan's been here almost as long as I have. And uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of virtual by its nature. And we try and make the most of that and make it work to our advantage rather than it being a, a problem for us, which I suppose is what we're here to discuss, isn't it? So Yeah. Now we've we've covered this in various ways on the site. There are various um, articles already, kind of offering advice on on remote working. Uh, what I'll do is if you if you look at the description of your podcast on your podcasting device, or if you go to the article on the site where the podcast is, uh, I will put links to the various articles there so you can find them. We're going to go through our own experiences though, and we should probably caveat this at this point that, as I've said, we are predominantly remote working. Have been for considerable time so it's slightly different situation to those who are going from an office environment to temporarily working at home but i think some of the uh, some of the, the advice that we're going to share some of the tips should still apply and um, i kind of want to focus first on the idea the notion of a dedicated workspace now i was going to go around the table and see who's working where let's, let's do that first and we'll come to you matt last because you, you've got a, a kind of an interesting perspective on that i for anyone who uh tuned into the rest digital and for the rest of my team lovely team on this uh, video call you can see that i am working in a shed i have a shed at the bottom of my garden that i've put a hardline internet into in fact at various points depending on the edit of this uh you may well hear my children playing in the garden because it's too nice a day and I can't send them inside because that's just cruel. Where do you guys work? I'm going to pass to you, Brendan. Uh, I've got a little dedicated office space in in the uh, house next to the, the bedroom, basically. So my commute is probably even shorter than any of yours. I'm like seven or eight feet from the bed, I think. It's cozy. It's nice. I, de- I demand that you. I demand that you measure that and let us know. Hayden, what about you? Well, to kind of one up Brendan, uh, you can actually see the bed in the background. Uh, so, um, and also the the horrible mold on the wall. But that's just for people who can see me. Um, yeah. So no, b- before before coronavirus um, and the lockdown, and everything, um, I worked in the living room where we've got like a PC set up and everything in there. But because me and my partner are now both working from home full time, we've had to make some uh, make some sort of adjustments. So I've moved a table from the kitchen into the bedroom and like an old dining chair, and I'm kind of like just crammed into the tiny room with like a laptop and stuff. So it's a uh, it's a bit of an ad hoc arrangement, um, kind of making do with what we've got. But I mean, before that, I was sat on the floor of the living room with my laptop on a little coffee table. And like one or two cushions kind of supporting me and no mouse, no keyboard, nothing. And I did that for about two days before I could just sort of feel like permanent like back damage and spinal damage just kind of slowly creeping into my body. Yeah. Um, so I've had to make some adjustments. But yeah, it's I do think 
like finding trying to separate like as as best as you can um, especially like our, our flat's very small but trying to separate kind of work your workspace and like your kind of living space to one degree or another is is very very important like one thing we do because this is in the bedroom i sometimes like put um like a blanket just over it just so it's hidden so i don't have to like look at my workstation when i'm lying in bed because that just brings on kind of like the creeping dread of never ever being able to escape the office basically <laughs> and certainly i'd kind of back you up on um having a, a comfortable chair at least to work in because so we had our kitchen done um about a month ago and for a week i had so during the winter months it is too cold in the shed so i sit at my kitchen table um and i couldn't do that because we didn't have a kitchen table we didn't have a kitchen so i was sitting on a on a on the sofa for a week and my word that is not as comfortable as it seems that hurt um uh rebecca what about you where are you working yeah, I actually had a sort of transition um, that had to do with this. I, I want to agree with all, you know, Hay- Hayden and James specifically about having a separate location. Um, a couple of years ago when I first started working here, um, I was renting a house and I was fortunate enough that, you know, the houses, house space in the Midwest is a little more generous than in other locations. And so I was able to have a dedicated office, um, just a room that was for work only. And that was absolutely wonderful. Um, I now uh, live in an apartment that does not have that much space. Um, and so one of my rules when I was looking for an apartment out here was I... I personally do not think that I want to sleep in the same room that I work. And I realize that's not like possible for everybody, but I needed to have a big enough space somewhere else in the apartment where I could set up. Because I've got a pretty, I've got this desk that I found like on a street corner one time that's absolutely huge. Um, And so I have a big old space in my living room, just kind of in the middle of it. And it's separate, like the couch and the TV for like relaxation are over there and like the kitchen's over there. um, And it's sort of in its own little contained space. And it's like a proper desk setup with all of my work stuff on it. Um, And it's, yeah, that's, that's just where it is. It's, it's still kind of in the middle of my living space and it's still, you know, it's, it's my home PC. And so it sometimes, you know, gets used for gaming and things like that that are not work related, which is, you know, not ideal but it's you know you work with what you got and it's pretty good and as we just saw like sneaking behind you you also have cats with you as well so yeah that can that can be somewhat disruptive i imagine marie um talk us through your works out because i'll be honest every time we have a video call i get very very jealous of the room i can see behind you marie's definitely looks like she's more of a pro at this than the rest of us (laughs) (laughs) i am very 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 fortunate that yes i do live in a flat that has an office, uh, because when we moved in this flat um, quite recently, actually, we knew that one of us, my partner or I, would need to work from home full time, probably at some point. So we had a very small bedroom, but we have a massive office space where the both of us can sit very comfortably and work from home at the same time at the moment. I mean, it's obviously not here right now because of the podcast. But uh, yeah, I'm very, very fortunate to have that space. And I can't emphasize enough how good that feels to just have that separation between my working space and the real life out there um just having being able to close the door behind me is luxury nice so matt you have a very different situation because you do not have a dedicated workspace you were telling us no no i've I've not had a dedicated workspace for about six or seven years um i used to actually have like a really nice dedicated workspace which was in a house in london i used to live in uh which was typical london house for people in their mid-30s it was like eight people sharing it and we were still all paying nearly a thousand pounds a month in rent 
Um, but like, but one of the upshots was that was that we got this kind of little spare room between my, my girlfriend at, at the time and I, and I had a really nice setup. I had like a gaming PC, I had my, my laptop all set up, I had speakers, I had mice and my turntable and all my records by me and stuff. And it was pretty great. Um, and I think at that point in time, I think I would have been very much alongside every single person here saying like, I need, I need this kind of setup. But, but then in the ensuing years, I became a bit more, um, mobile like I, I spent a bit of time in berlin and going between there and london i that was after i was in in brighton as well and my kind of my work setup became like a laptop and a mouse and uh, a microphone and actually the thing i like most about working from home um is really all about like leaning into it not trying to make it into an office because it's never going to be an office um but but enjoying the fact that like I can work the morning in the kitchen because the light's really good in the kitchen in the morning and then in the afternoon I can move to the to the front room because the light's really good in there in 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 the afternoon and then I can be mobile because my 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 uh, partner Laura is a, a screenwriter so she works from home all the time anyway so she needs to use certain rooms at certain times I mean you know on a nice enough day if all I've got to do is some transcription I might go and sit in the park and do that you know that's I think it's all about what works for you basically working at home with when, when, so stuff like this I mean like tips for I don't think there's tip there's ever tips for everybody I think something's going to work for a lot of people something's not uh, but for me I don't miss the lack of that dedicated workspace but you really do have to like lean into it and understand that that there can be an advantage to just you know taking you I mean what Rebecca said before we got on was this idea that and we'll probably get on to more of this sort of talk that during a lockdown some of the freedoms of working remotely are gone like working in a cafe I work in a cafe every single day um, I'll spend two hours working in a cafe because it's great you're out among people you're getting fresh air like the the idea of replicating an office environment in your home that's the thing I think that would make me completely bounce off remote work that's the thing I think that would make me feel less comfortable with it so I think I'm a little bit uh, contrarian in that. I think the thing about it for me that is helpful that I, I think is a theme that we might get into with some of the other things we talk about is having a some kind of mental divide between work and not work, right? And you can create that however you create that. But I think having, having a physical divide is personally helpful for me um, and maybe helpful for other people. But there are other ways to sort of create that divide between work and not work. Because when you're working from home, and, and this is, I think, reflected in a lot of those pieces that James was talking about earlier that other people have, um, the tips that other people have given us um, is that when, when you're stuck at home it's very easy to just sort of let work blend into everything else and let it seep out and that's uh that's not great don't do that so on that note i kind of want to tie in with something that marie and i were talking about in uh in uh, private messages earlier um, and you're laughing i can see you're laughing have you guys ever worked in your pajamas now i ask this because um if you're if you're working at home and your workspace is at home and particularly Hayden you in your in your bedroom where you can just literally just walk out of bed and sit at your desk it would be very easy to just work in your pajamas and I have to confess I have done it once or twice but I remember listening to um, a Rises podcast years ago where they stressed the the importance of trousers or given that it was a US podcast the importance of pants it's all about <laughs> pants and like basically once you have got pants on mentally you're like i am dressed i'm dressed for for work pants in the u.s sense not the not the british sense once you have have trousers or pants on you are <laughs> well, in fairness james i i would hope that you'd have pants on every single day as well even in the uk sense especially in the uk sense you know if you're working without pants <laughs> it's just inappropriate 
But the idea is like the, the moment that you are dressed in clothes that are suitable for work, you are in a working mentality. Is so I don't think that's necessarily true. <laughs> <laughs> is that because you've been most of the day in your pajamas? Well, that's yes to start with. But also, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend doing it every single day, obviously. But at the end of the day, I think the beauty of working from home is you can do what you want like you know what i mean whatever you feel comfortable in if that's fine with you to remain in your pajamas all day by all means like stay in your pajamas all day the reason i did it this morning james is because i was doing some exercise at lunchtime so i couldn't be bothered to dress up just to change into exercise clothes later on and then obviously after my start i had a shower and I actually dressed up anyway you know all about my day now um but yeah i think <laughs> what matters is you do what you feel comfortable in and whatever like is good for your productivity. I don't believe in the power of trousers necessarily. Fair enough. <laughs> I gotta say, J- James's sort of timid suggestion of having worked in his pajamas once or twice. I was a bit like, oh, because <laughs> yeah. this is probably one of the yeah. one of the first days I've gotten dressed since uh, since the pandemic. You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> I probably wouldn't be dressed right now if it weren't for the fact we were doing this as a video call rather than the other one. I, I very typically like because I was working from home on a more like ad hoc basis previously and then I would always stay in my pajamas it's like yeah it's you know I can treat myself but after like a few weeks of it I have decided I do need to start getting dressed because it's like it it just becomes I don't know I think you kind of get in this mentality where it's very like stagnant and there's like there's no sort of like change even though changing clothes isn't a big deal I think from like a psychological standpoint you're just like very sort of just stagnating so yeah and i i i have i've sort of promised myself how whether or not i'll keep it up but i i i now have to start sort of like bowing to the power of trousers i think because the the, the longer this goes on also i'm just gonna run out of pajamas like you can't you can't. yeah <laughs> <laughs> like i for the first time in my life i've got i've got drawers full of clean clothes and like no clean pajamas <laughs> Yeah, I think, and this goes back to what I was just saying a minute ago, I I do get dressed for work every day. Like, I I, I have set myself a perhaps very American standard of if I wouldn't wear it to Walmart at noon on a Sunday, then I won't wear it to work, which (laughs) is kind of a weird... I love it. (laughs) I've seen Walmart at noon on a Sunday, and that's not a very high bar there, Rebecca. But it's like, you know, I, I I wear jeans or trousers um no no sweat no sweatpants no pj pants like i actually get dressed um because i i know it's what marie said you have to kind of do what works what what is comfortable and fits for you i i come from a very aggressive freelancer background before i started you know working here and i was very much in kind of the cycle where if i wasn't working i wasn't making money and i had to be working basically all the time um and that's no longer the case um (laughs) obviously Uh, but as a result, I sometimes find myself accidentally slipping back into this whole, oh, I just got to keep going. I got to keep going. And having a very kind of set divide between I am dressed, I am at my desk, I am working and I'm wearing PJs. I'm on the couch. I'm not working is really important to me. Also, it feels great at the end of the day when the clock hits 7 PM for me, because that's when my shift ends to walk into the other room, changes some PJ pants and just... (laughs) Flop on the couch. Nice. I think what that highlights is uh, that people need routine. If your routine is to get dressed every day, that's good for you. Uh, My routine is to, uh, I don't know, actually, I can't find an example on top of my head right now. Uh, Actually, yeah, I do plan what I'm going to eat at lunch every day because otherwise I just eat cereals at all meals. So if that's the routine that works for you, then 
here you go, that's your thing. Uh, I think routine, whatever that is, is important when you work from home. I, th- I think that the, the danger with, with working from home, with this stuff in mind, like the, do you get dressed, do you not get dressed? There, it's a sliding scale, right? So like the, the least, the shortest commute you can have uh, while being a journalist is going from lying down in bed to sitting up in bed with a laptop on your lap. <laughs> that's that's actually the shortest commute. Um, and that's really bad. Like you, you should never do that. You have to you have to get yourself up, you have to wake yourself up, you have to make sure you're kind of ready to work when you're ready to work. Exactly what clothes you're wearing, I think that's like a personal preference thing. Um, I, I, I do get dressed every day. I don't always get dressed before lunchtime, for example. Um, a lot of the <laughs> that's time the thing. I don't. Yeah, exactly. uh, I may not, you know, like I've been a few times where I've sort of showered mid-morning rather than doing it straight away. But I'm up, but I'm up an hour before work every single day. I'm, I've read a couple of chapters of a book. I've, I've done the washing up or whatever it might be. I've kind of normalized myself into that day's routine. Um, and I think what Marie says about routine is, is really useful, though. I think that there is more to discuss around the idea of routine and what and how sort of breaking away from routine can actually be one of the better things about working from home um, in some in some ways well we've spent longer talking about pajamas and trousers than i genuinely <laughs> planned to so let's dive into that then routine or unless anyone wants to kind of um offer a different tip let's like dive into kind of working routines and how you keep yourself in kind of a, a productive working mentality like speaking for myself obviously like i so i'm 8 a.m to 4 p.m so my routine is I get up, I help you know sort the kids out with breakfast, and then once they're done, I will sit at the kitchen table or go to my shed, and I will start working at eight. There have been the occasional time where I've given my wife a lion, or I've let her have the time to shower or bath or whatever, and I'm working you know in the lounge just sweeping for news, checking emails while CBeebies is on. I'm enjoying some hay Dougie, and then as soon as I've been relieved, I can go and work properly. Lunchtime, I try my best to kind of step away from work. Um, but if I have been working in the kitchen table, it's really difficult for me to not look at the laptop and check that I've not missed something on Slack from you guys or I've not missed an email or something. And then four o'clock, I try my damnedest to be like, right, that is it. I am done. Do not check emails. Do not do anything else. But obviously, because I finish slightly earlier than most of the games industry, I tend to just check my email just for an hour or so just to check I haven't missed anything massive. That's my attempt at a routine. I, I, I don't know if you guys have any advice on that. My routine is is get up at like 7.30 in the morning and then give myself the like a cushion of time before I start work, which is at nine to to just do all the, you know, farting around that that would otherwise take up the, the first chunk of my work day because I'm like I'm, I'm going through Twitter. I'm doing the rounds on all the websites and stuff that I would I mean, I mean, a lot of it is kind of stuff that I would do at work anyways to to see what's out there as far as news goes but i kind of you know i i i take that time uh to myself in the morning and i get up earlier than the rest of my family specifically so that i can have that that like bit of personal time because you know everyone now is working from home or stuck at home and it's uh it's a lot more crowded and it's a lot harder to kind of find that um i don't know just like personal time to yourself so my routine now is like i find that time in the morning before before the rest of the house gets up um i found that and uh, i've other other routine bits like i'm i'm actually using there's like an elliptical machine we have in the house that 
has been inconsistently used for years, but is now getting <laughs> a lot more consistent use just like during lunch breaks. Because um, th- things like that help. And, and calling it a day at, you know, as close to five as I can. Um, other bits of the routine are kind of dictated by the family because I've, I've got a, a young child at home and that sort of routine is important there. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's helpful to split up the day into these periods of time where it's like, this is my time. This is work time. This is family time and such like that to get through. Yeah. I think one of the challenges, and just to go back to this idea, people are like having their separate workspace because it means that you can like be separate yourself from work when you're no longer working. I actually find like the way that in which um, your work and personal life blurs the most is that when you work remotely, so much communication is done virtually over social platforms, Slack or Skype or whatever else, that it's very, very hard and people aren't very disciplined with not trying to contact you when you're not supposed to be working. So it's less that I don't want to look see my computer when I'm not working. It's more that anyone can contact me at any time on any of these platforms. When when you do so much communication through virtual tools, those tools can get you literally at any point during the day, even if you're three hours done with work. The, the, the one part of routine that I always adhere to is I do not, or try not and should not, because this is the part that really kind of makes me feel like less happy as a person, is being bothered when I have finished working. And that is really, really hard to enforce when you're not in an office and every part of your working life is sort of virtualized because people can get to you all the time, right? And I, and, and that's, that's, that is in your control. It's about muting messages. It's about doing those kinds of things. Um, you can't control everything. We still get, you know, I'm sure we all have people, you know, work, you know, a PR person wants to pitch you something and very inappropriately decides to do it through your DMs on Twitter or Facebook Messenger. It doesn't doesn't respect the normal work channels. But I think when you work from home and and you you're doing so much of your talking and communicating with other people and your team virtually, you do have to respect uh, when someone's not working or at least try to you know and I don't always do it myself but I think that's the way where I can feel like I, I don't get enough time away from work it's not really about having a place where I go to work in my physical space it's more about the mental space away from work that you have to create for yourself because so much of what you do is just kind of operating 24 hours and people can get to you all the time that's a it's a really important barrier to, to erect around what you do for the it's extra challenging for for you and for us too because we are a distributed team. Matt, Matt specifically, me, my working hours are completely separated from those of James, Matt, and Hayden. We never are work, are actually supposed to be working at the exact same time, which is a problem because we need to communicate. Um, and so there, I mean, there, there's different ways we deal with that. Like right now, we're recording this podcast. I'm working on like like flex time, basically. Like I'll I'll drop out an hour early today because I was here an, an extra hour to do this in the morning. Um, but it all, but I mean, sometimes we need to communicate with each other and have to, you know, have work conversations when one party is not actually working. And I, I, I don't know that there's really a good answer for how to do that, except that sometimes it's necessary and you just, you know, you kind of, you kind of acknowledge when it's necessary and try yeah. to respect when it's well, there, not. There isn't a, there isn't a neat way of doing it, but, but I think it's just something to bear in mind. And I think it's more to bear in mind for yourself. 
like enforce it upon yourself like when what james said you know when when you finish working just don't look at your phone just chuck it away for two hours just go off and do something else don't look at your computer don't look at your phone just give yourself the complete break from those things because messages might appear and you may choose to 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 look at them or not and, and respond to them or not based on how important they are but like i i one thing i do every single day is the second i am finished i shut my computer i put my phone to one side and i don't look at them again for a few hours so that's because that's the main way that professional and personal life bleed into each other it's on devices it's on cloud services and things like that you can't escape that stuff so make make yourself escape them at some point yeah working my my schedule is 11 to 7 um, my time which is 9 to 5 pacific time which is you know great because it means that i catch the last the last news of the day basically but if i'm a morning person i wake up at 6 a.m and having push notifications for e for a bunch of press release emails on my phone is a dangerous game i play every morning trying to avoid like delving in there because I'm interested in what I have been sent because I am not working for like another, you know, five, six hours. I think the, the issue of uh, communication between uh, remote staff is, is kind of huge. And this is actually like the one piece of advice that um, when, when it was suggested we do this podcast, the one, the one thing that I had to contribute, I thought was um, as far as might be useful advice was, was kind of to apologize about, absolutely everything because like working through a global crisis is distracting and coping with an entirely new and in a lot of cases less efficient workflow at the same time is difficult and then communicating primarily through email or slack uh when you haven't been or even when you have been uh means that you're just going to miss things that you wouldn't necessarily miss if everyone was in the same same room and so there's like there's a really good chance right now that you're going to wind up being the asshole in a situation more often than you're used to in the office because you misunderstood the situation or what's been done or what you're being asked to do and so like whatever your base assumption is for like how often you're the asshole like bump that up 20 percent or so <laughs> and like <laughs> behave accordingly because like Yours and everyone else's percentage has also gotten like kind of that same bump. And, and sometimes those f ups are going to overlap and like logistics and coordination processes aside, like the two big things that you can really control about the situation are uh, for forgiving each other and yourself for those mistakes because everyone's working under duress here. And at the same time, like work to minimize those screw ups and the fallout that they cause for other people because um, I've, I've done a lot of remote working um, over the last 20 years. And I, I think the, the thing that has helped the most with uh, the teams that I've been on has just been an attitude of, of people holding themselves accountable um, because they're looking out for everyone else on their team. And, and a lot of that involves in a, in a remote workplace like this, a lot of that involves kind of taking a closer look at, at your actions and your shortcomings here or how, how things that you've done could be interpreted by the others. One thing I'd kind of like to add to that as well around like communication, the difficulties with it is, is, you know, there are a lot of really useful online tools that can help like uh, sort of grease the wheels as it were like we started using Trello uh, about two years ago now I think 
um, and things like Wanderlist and the Google Suite and things like that. And it allows you to basically, you know, so you're not directly messaging people. You can leave comments on documents. You can assign people things on Trello. You can add notes to stuff. And it does mean there's less of a need to kind of intrude into people's lives when they're they're off duty because you can just like put a note on something they'll see it the next day so there are there are lots of really really useful tools out there to kind of help manage that remote working um like i said the, the ones that i use the most are like wanderlist trello and google suite and they've got lots of sort of um tools and features to kind of facilitate that to kind of add to this i'd say it's important as well to use the tools to interact more with your team during the day, during the working hours. So prior to working at GamesIndustry.biz, I worked in an office-based job. I was on office-based publications, and we you know, we sat together as a team on a bank of desks, and there was a lot of banter, and there was a lot of kind of in-jokes and you know, camaraderie, and, and Maria smiling because she knows, remembers exactly. <laughs> you remember exactly what it was like in that office. And I'll, I'll be honest, as much as I love working at Games and Trophies, this is some that is one thing I've kind of missed slightly because we don't do it as much, which is why I kind of, I feel sometimes like, like bad, but I'll sometimes throw in just a random rant or something stupid into the, uh, the Slack channel because it's been quiet for a while and I've just got something I just need to share with you guys. Is that where your controversial Thor Ragnarok is not as good as Thor 2 opinion came from? No. Uh, let's <laughs> <laughs> What? Not sure that strategy paid off. To be honest with you, Batch, so you're still <laughs> no. That that I stand by, but that's an example. Like that, that's a conversation that we have had that wasn't just work related. Like, and I, I think we we and all remote teams, all teams like this, can you can be in danger of just having purely work related conversations through the various virtual tools that you have. And I think it's it's important to kind of dust the cobwebs and, and have you know, And yes, sure, if that means being shamed for your your. Apparently, poor taste of films. Then so be it, because it gives apparently they are poor. I think actually that I, I completely agree with that, and uh, that it does relate very closely to what Brendan said. And the one thing that immediately occurred to me, and I've been working from home for about eight years, uh, all on GamesIndustry.biz, and and really like the I, I've seen a lot of advice across many websites, including our own. And a lot of it's very it's like hyper specific stuff. It's like you know wake up at this time and, and, you know, use this thing or do do that. For me, like, I think what Brendan says about just, like, your attitude and your approach to it is just so much more important than any of these details. Like, with remote work, with having a virtual team, like, you really do get out what you put in. Um, and what, what Bash was saying is, is true. Like, you know, I, I worked in, a, in an office for five years before I got this job, and we had that same sort of camaraderie, banter, as, um, as it's called. Um, and, and I did miss it at first. And I, I think the thing that I missed when I first started remote working was I would just look at the, the chat platform we were using. I can't remember what we used at that time. I think it might have been Skype um, in, in the early days. But I would look at the chat platform and I would just be like, this is not as good as being in an office with other people. And, you know, it's not. But it's not going to become better just because you look at it and tell, tell yourself that it's not. You have to give yourself in. You have to give into it. You have to meet people more halfway. Um, otherwise, you're never ever gonna gonna come to terms with it and get the most out of remote working. And there are distinct advantages to remote working. But like like you say, Batch, just the willingness just to have a chat <coughs> with your colleagues and just to not see what is functionally a work tool as only a work tool. Because if you do that, then I don't think it ever kind of lives up to the thing that you think you're missing out on. Um, and what Brendan was saying about you know, showing understanding to people and, you know, forgiving other people, forgiving yourself, absolutely fine. Because you can't, 
breakdowns in communication are an inevitability. So if you, and you can't eradicate them entirely and you have to accept that and you have to kind of give as much of yourself as you want to receive. Otherwise, remote working is always just going to be a series of pain points for you. You know, it's, it's so much about the way, the way you approach it um, as much as any specific thing that you use to get the most out of it. Another point to kind of add to that um, in, in terms of like, you know, uh, how you like present yourself and how you communicate digitally. Um, and this is <laughs> it's a, bit, it's a bit of a weird point, but it's like it's kind of recognizing the power of emojis um, because because in purely just like text based conversations, like it's very, very difficult to get across like the kind of intent without writing a massively like over long over explaining message but like if you throw a few emojis in there as weird as it sounds that does help communicate like tone and attitude and actually where you're coming from in a way that you can't do with just purely text and i used to hate emojis but the more i've kind of worked remotely i actually kind of recognize they have like a quite a distinct power to them to convey an awful lot in, in a very sort of simple symbol so I would recommend kind of actually using emojis a little bit more to just kind of help convey like the tone and sentiment of what it is you're trying to say. Or, you know, if you've just like messed up, you need to do a facepalm emoji like Batch has on the Slack just now. Like, it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 act it actually conveys it better than any number of words could. So it's... Uh... How do you feel about GIFs though? <laughs> Oh, I'm a big fan of gifts. Again, gifts are okay. gifts are basically just like they have all the all the heft of an emoji, but you know they're animated <laughs> better. Although, don't one one thing that is a, a real pitfall, I think, of like remote working is like if you're not careful, you can spend just too much time searching for gifts. Um, again, <laughs> a, a gamer network, we have a lot of like chain emails that go around the whole company for like people's birthdays and hirings and things like that, and. When I first started, I was like, I need, my gift game needs to be on point. And so I was committing a disordinate amount of time, a disproportionate amount of time to finding the perfect gift. And I was like, this is this is sunk cost. This is not good. Yeah, I'll be honest. I've had any any gif I use in the relevant uh, context. I will just I have a gif folder on my desktop for later. <laughs> I would also add to what Hayden is saying. Um, we th this might be obvious and people might already be doing it but if there's an opportunity to use video chat for something like i mean not not for everything obviously but if there's an opportunity to to have video conversations with your coworkers do it we were so previously before before pandemic we were doing a weekly team meeting and then we were also doing the podcast every week. And those were the two opportunities we had to hear each other's voices. We weren't using video for those things. And we started using video just in the last few weeks. And I don't know how, how everyone else feels about it, but I, I love it. it. I, love <laughs> it. <laughs> I love it so much though. I love seeing like it's, it, I, I live, I mean, you, Brendan, you have other people in your household. Um, I, I know not, well, I guess, I guess all of you actually, or, all of you, I think, have other people in your households with you. I don't. <laughs> I'm here by myself with two cats. Okay. Seeing other people's faces and, like, emotional expressions, it matters so much to me. It helps so much. Brendan, you were making, like, a face earlier when Matt said something, and I just, like, started laughing because it was a great face. And I just, I, I like this so much. I think it helps um, just have human contact and, like, some kind of personal connection. I guess if you're a Brendan, maybe you don't like it. It doesn't, you know, your mileage may vary. It does, not everything works for everyone, but try it. It might be great. Yeah, I hate this, and I'm only doing this because of what Matt was saying about trying to meet your coworkers more than halfway. 
<laughs> well, no, but, I uh, it, but so you know, much, right, to, to, to just kind of build on that, I mean, one one thing that's come up again and again across the many articles we've written about this stuff so far, we've um, we've had a few really really good ones, and, and but the video calling has been a really strong um, factor across all of these. Everyone thinks it's a great idea, and I think it it is. It does speak to what Hayden was saying about about it being very very difficult to communicate every single nuance of what you want to say just purely through text. And I think as much as you know, I'm, I know I'm warming up to the idea of these video calls. We want literally everything we do to be on a video call. I, th- I think the the podcast right. makes sense, team meetings less so. Um, but but I think it's good to be able to you know communicate in this way sometimes because I think you do pick up a little bit more about the way people talk and who they are and all that sort of stuff from there. Um, but I think with with just to loop it back to the idea of what we've been putting out there in terms of our articles, like this has been a very common thing. But, you know, I, I don't think it's an absolute necessity, but I think it's like if you're not going to do stuff like this, you really do need to bear in mind constantly that you're probably missing the nuance of what most people you're working with are actually saying. And, and to bear that in mind, you know, if you're not going to not going to communicate in other ways or up your emoji game or have a folder of gifts <laughs> on your desktop or whatever. Also, without without video, how can you truly appreciate like how terrible and mouldy my back wall is? I mean, look, I am worried for you. Yeah, you should you should see the living room. Yes. Do you want? I thought that was like to see my cats this way. They're wonderful. I thought that was wallpaper with like a marble pattern on it. Oh no, 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 it's it's very generous of you, Brendan. It's mould, Brendan, and it's it's getting worse, and it's it's right where I sleep. Oh wow, yeah. You want to find some um, astonish? Jesus. I think they said that, um, walking. I don't know. You can't. You I, can't go to shops anymore. I, I think. I think what I want to do is find a better landlord. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah good strategy. Um, any other tips that people want to offer? Um, just I, kind of yes. separate from what we've already discussed. Marie, you said you had a, a ton of them written down earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, no, but mostly what I wanted to say because I don't have the experience that most of you have, as in I've been only working from home for six months or so maybe um and i did find it very difficult at first to stay focused um because i'm just not a disciplined person i have absolutely no self-discipline and i found it quite useful when i first started to use like timers i know that doesn't sound sexy but i do use um a google chrome extension i didn't, I didn't realize we were supposed I'm to be giving explain. sexy tips for working at home, uh, was that was that the standard, right? <laughs> James did say before the podcast that he had to change his microphone so that his voice sounded sexy. So I didn't like. I I hate the idea of uh, timing the activity I do. That's why I say it like that. It's just like that doesn't sound super appealing to time what you're doing. However, I've been using a Chrome add-on that just blocks certain websites for like thirty minutes and then unblocks them for 10 minutes if you want to have a break and that just allows me to stay focused on one task if I want to stop just opening a new tab and look at at Twitter while I was supposed to be writing something stuff like that Um, I've just found it useful at first because I really struggled staying focused on one task Uh, I don't use it every day I use it not that often anymore actually but um, having that type of thing so you stay focused on one task and don't go all over the place I've found it quite useful at first that's that I find interesting because I, I find it and perhaps it's p- partly due to the job that we do like we you know look up stuff and check up details and so forth I find it very easy to get caught in say the Wikipedia loop or the YouTube loop where yeah you've gone to check something but oh, hang on what's that in the recommended I'll check that or you look at something on Wikipedia oh I didn't know that I'll click on that link and you, you can um, 
end up down a very, very long, very deep rabbit hole and, and going off on a tangent for 15, 20 minutes at a time. Not that I do that that often. Uh, it kind of reminds me of this, um, this comedian called Dave Gorman who uh, does a whole stand-up about how he, he tried to write a novel and he ended up on this weird Google whack thing. And he says, like, you know, it's just you, your computer, but your computer is connected to the internet and the internet control contains everything in the whole wide world ever. Now... I don't know about you, but I find everything in the whole wide world ever to be a bit distracting. And like, that is the difficulty. Like we, we are, we're in a very digital industry. We're all connected to our computers all the time. So it's easy to get distracted by everything that's out there. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm interested about this because it's been a long time since I've worked in an office. And as Marie, somebody who's worked there very recently, Batch, you were, you know, in the more recent past than me, you know, when you worked at those places, you also had a computer that was connected to the internet. So why wasn't it an yeah, issue it was there? very different for me, at least. I think there was, like, such a clear divide between... Because it's not all, all, only the, the internet that can be distracting for me as well. Like, there's also that thing where, like, oh, I could just launch the laundry, like, start the laundry. That would take me two minutes, right? And you could just go and do something else for five minutes. Obviously, my Chrome add-on will not help with that. But um, I think when I was going to an office there was such a clear divide that I was just more focused and more disciplined. And like, I don't know, also having my boss sitting next to me probably helped with me not being on Twitter every single second of the day. So like, that's the thing for me. Like, so when I, when I was first at um, my previous office, my, uh, my, monos- my desk sat be- directly behind me was the MD of the company. So he could see what was on my monitor at all times. That really helps you focus on what you're doing. I think as well, like you've got the accountability of like every, you can see everyone else is working hard. So if you are then just sitting dicking around, you're like, oh no, hang on, everyone else is working hard. I should be working hard too. And you, you kind of, whereas if it's just me alone in a kitchen or a shed, like there's less there feels like there's less accountability and it all comes down to self-discipline i'm not sitting here thinking oh my god no i can see matt's working really hard i need to crack on and and or i can see that hayden's halfway through the news list i need to crack on and, and up my game i'm just on my own so i'm not you're not as aware of what your colleagues are doing so you're not motivating each other in quite the same way even if it's unconscious yeah but also i think that sort of brings up the point like when you were in an office Human beings are not just work machines. Like, you are not intended to plug into work at the start of your shift and work absolutely 100% productively for eight hours straight with absolutely no stopping. That's ridiculous. When you're in an office, you are getting up sometimes and making coffee. You see a coworker in the hallway. You have a little conversation. Um, Maybe you're, you know, in a group of desks together and someone asks a question and you have a little discussion. Like, like you're, you're constantly, I mean, not constantly, but there are, there are mental breaks in the middle of a workday in an office. And so there should be breaks like that in your home too. And that's, I, again, I guess that's where I come back to my perspective being I mean maybe a little more I have I have to be stricter with myself because it is really easy for me to just sit here and focus in and it's it's honestly and and this is I, I was going to bring this up too it, it's kind of worse right now because again we're in the middle of a pandemic and so for, for the first week it wasn't really a big deal to I mean it, oh, for the first week the idea of being shut in my apartment was not personally a big deal to me because I was just sort of doing that anyway but after the first week, I started realizing that I was kind of agitated and depressed. And it was because I didn't have the option of being able to, you know, break it up and go sit in a cafe or at the end of work, go out somewhere. Um, and so, I, James, you were asking for, for other tips. And I'd say, like, 
if you are not already making breaks in your workday to go take like a 10, 15 minute walk, like if you have, if you have the ability to do that, I have a fairly quiet neighborhood without anybody else. So I, I can do that with social distancing, you know, do that or even just get up and stretch or like stand on your porch or stick your head out the window or pet your dog or cat or whatever. Just like, just do, do something like for like 10 or 15 minutes, a, a couple points during your workday that does not work if you're not already doing that and make sure that you're doing that and make sure that it involves movement somehow. Um, and don't just like sit there and like go look at Twitter for 15 minutes or something. So I was going to ask about that because um, I, I'm terrible for not taking those breaks. I have like particularly like in, in on colder days in this shed, I have been known to like sit solidly like from when I come back from yeah. lunch to when I clock off because it's usually only like two, maybe three hours, and then when I stand, my legs have just well, locked up. So so listening to yeah. you, like, listening to you and Marie talk about like this this idea of you know discipline and and how you lack discipline when you're at home and stuff. Like, I mean, I must say, I just feel like. I don't know what your ass company was like, but that you're not supposed to work like that, you know. Like, I I'm used to, I used to do one of my first, one <laughs> of my first. No, 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 but not you, Rebecca. I think what, what, but what I used to work, I worked for the government on a couple of things very early on in my working life. Like, like you legally have to stop working every ninety minutes when you work for the government and take a twenty minute break. You're not supposed to sit. Oh, the US. You're not, is not, you're not like supposed that. to sit. Well, no, because like you generally, as you're the the brain does not respond very well to just sitting there and focusing for two hours. It just, it just doesn't doesn't work very well. Forty five minutes to an hour break from your screen, go and walk around for a bit. Put the washing on. You know, like lean into being at home. Make the time outside of work less filled with chores just by just doing a little bit of different stuff every now and again like I, I actually think that's one of the great things about working at home is that you can you don't have to be that rigid and that rigid around ideas of what focus looks like and what a good day's work looks like you are we're, we're here we're contracted for a certain number of hours we all do plenty of overtime just because it's the nature of the job being a journalist like the news never sleeps and all that sort of stuff but you know, if, if you do, you know, if you if you put in your seven hours a day, I don't think it really matters if you kind of like start half an hour earlier and have a 40 minute break mid morning and or, you know, finish an hour later and have a two hour lunch. It, it really doesn't matter. That matters in an office. You can't do that in an office. And I think, again, I, I feel like this is probably just a matter of like you have that spectrum of needing to just sit up in bed and open a laptop to going to a building with a two hour commute each way each day. There's a spectrum of work and where you fall along that spectrum, you can be just as productive and be in a completely different place to everyone else. But, but you know, that, that idea that Rebecca put forward, like stop yourself working every hour and a half, get up, go for a walk, breathe in the air, that kind of stuff. I, I find that essential to, to being productive, not a, an enemy of being productive. I was not doing this before, I, I was not doing this before pandemic and, and quarantines and things, but I have started like, cause, cause Brendan leaves at a point during my, my shift cause his shift is over and I have a couple hours by myself after he leaves every day, I've started standing up and like taking a scheduled, like 15 minute walk, like every single day. And I come back and I do better work. Yeah, it turns out wild. Your brain <laughs> yeah. Just to clarify, I, I wasn't suggesting that you should be constantly focusing on work and not taking breaks. I was su su breaks. I was suggesting that if you, like me, struggle to focus on one task at some point, sometimes it's useful to have a little helper here. But yeah, take breaks all the time. <laughs> so I'd, I'd add to this as well, like not just physical breaks as well, like but um, just breaks for your eyes. So I was actually I actually went for an eye test um, late last year. First eye test I've been for in years, possibly ever. Um, and the optician actually warned, you know, said because my eyes were aching all the time. And I was trying to work out if I'm 
you know, my sight is deteriorating or if I'm just knackered and it turns out it was the latter and they, they said, what do you do? And I was like, I'm a journalist, I work at a screen and I, I, I do take breaks here and there like if I, if I can, but I do find myself kind of looking at it for hours and they're like, right, well, the, the rule you need to remember is 20-20-20. Every 20 minutes, look away at something 20 feet away for 20 seconds and then continue. That kind of helps top up your eyes. Now, obviously, it's not easy to stick to that stricter 20, but at the very least every hour, kind of just look away from your screen we are running out of time so is there anything else essential that people want to throw in here um especially right now take care whatever taking care of your own mental health means to you make sure you're doing it even if you feel like you're okay i think i think a theme that i i know i keep running into in this conversation is that i i definitely need to be stricter with myself and the way that i've discovered that i need to be more strict with myself and taking breaks and things like that is i will sit here and i will think that i'm fine i will be working and i'll be like i don't need to get up and take a stretch break i feel fine i can keep going and then it turns out i wasn't actually fine or staying there for so long made me not fine so check in with yourself like do what you need to do for your for, to like protect your mental health right now not going not going outside not going places not talking to people is not good for human beings check in with your colleagues um i whatever whatever that means to you and your team just like you know be be nice to yourself and be nice to each other fair point i'll i'll add one more thing as well um because i think that it's, it's a difficult time. We all work from home by nature, by, by the nature of our jobs. Uh, some We're talking to people directly who have been kind of forced to go home, um, forced to work from home, and are now have the unhappy task of trying... Well, I imagine the instinct would be to exactly replicate their office day in their home. Uh, I would advise that this is impossible and to not lose yourself in, in, in the kind of the disappointment and stress of not being able to replicate every single last bit. Um, you're, you're, you're never going to have the feeling of being in an office at home. So I think the idea would be to identify the things that you can control and to not get too caught up in the things that you can't. And in identifying the things that you can't, I think you can actually find opportunities to make your life a lot more comfortable because you're at home. Um, uh, I think it's a, it's a weird time to give advice because we're all very, very different we're all in very different positions and some people are going to have kids to look after and, and all of these additional responsibilities that uh, at least half of the team here doesn't really have to worry about. And I, I think that in trying to balance all of those additional responsibilities and trying to make it seem like you're still in an office, I think that's where it's really it's really going to defeat you if you try and do that. So, you know, there's going to be a little bit of chaos and I think, you know, be, be prepared for that and try and mitigate against it a little bit, but but don't be too hard on yourself if, if that sort of slips beyond your grasp from time to time. That's just the nature of work, remote working, you know. Also, especially to those of us who do not have kids at home, please give extra grace to people who do. As someone with kids at home, yes, please do. <laughs> That is all we've got time for. I'd like to massively thank my team for uh, for joining me and for getting out of their pajamas and actually turning on their <laughs> video cameras this time. Uh, I'm gonna, like I said earlier, I'm gonna put the links to all the remote working advice articles we've already got um, in the description for this podcast. So, however you're listening to this podcast, look where look at the description. You'll find links in there. If you're looking uh, on the website, you'll find it in the article where this episode is. Uh, is that enough? Is that enough? We lost one, <laughs> Brendan. No, Brendan couldn't stand video chat any longer. <laughs> we'll be back next week with your standard uh, news show. In the meantime, if you're listening to this episode, please do go back and listen to this week's news show. We talked about the the platform holders and how each of them are affected by the pandemic. Um, 
So, uh, you know, give that a listen. We're on all podcasting platforms of your choice, of course, and you can get all of your news, insight, and analysis into the world behind video games at gamesindustry.biz. Mm-hmm.